0: Hi, my friends, and welcome to From Here to There. In this podcast, I'm going to be sharing about the lives of many people throughout history and people alive today that God has worked through in order to bring increase and influence of His kingdom here on earth. But in this first series, I'm really looking forward to sharing with you my story, how God was able to take me from powerless to powerful and from the nest to the nations, I really believe that as you listen, God is going to give you keys to moving forward toward your God destiny. So let's get started with this week's message. Last week, we talked about the importance of relationships in moving toward our destiny. Relationships mean people, and people can be problems, but facing problems and conflict shapes our character. When I first began to perceive a call to ministry, I wanted to go to Bible college I thought I needed a degree, I wanted a paper that would qualify me, but I remember at that time the Lord telling me, you're learning more right here than many who have graduated from Bible college. I was privileged in my past to be able to be personally mentored by my pastor, and what the Lord was saying is that I was learning more in practical life experience than I could learn merely in book learning, or even Bible study at a Bible college. Not to say Bible college is wrong, but for me at that time, I was in the right place to get to the next level of my ministry. So there's on-the-job leadership training in the local church, and that's why we encourage so many people to get involved in your local church. God has leadership for everybody in some area of life and being in a position where you have to work with other people and have assignments and get things done will develop not only your skills for leading and your skills for doing, but also your character. Training for ministry and training for life takes place as we work together in the local church. My pastor, Paul Chase, has this saying that means a lot to me. He says, honor those who have gone before you, celebrate those who are running alongside of you, and encourage those who are coming behind you. To be healthy in all areas of our life, we should have people that we're following or people that we look up to. We should also have people running with us, peers that we can learn from and encourage, and those coming behind us the next generation, or even people that you're mentoring in Bible studies, these are three areas where we can be connected with people and we can grow from all three. So it's good if we have someone that we are following. If you have a personal coach or a mentor in your life, you're exceedingly blessed. On the mission field, I've met lots of missionaries that really had no one to train them personally. Yes, they might have gone to mission school or Bible college, but you can really learn from a person who is with you day by day, who's willing to confront you, who's willing to disciple you, to take you alongside with them and teach you. If you don't have someone like that in your life, believe God for it. And you can even sometimes have a historical mentor. Now, this is not someone that can speak into your life personally, but it is someone whose life you can follow. And so I often encourage our students to read biographies and find people that are doing what you see yourself doing and learn from their lives. In the kingdom, we're not usually qualified to lead unless we've learned to follow. And being under authority is not always easy But it's the fastest way to grow. There is a saying, I don't know where it came from, but I use it a lot in my teaching. Stupid people don't learn from their mistakes. Smart people learn from their mistakes, but wise people learn from other people's mistakes. And there's a lot less collateral damage when we learn from other people's lives than if we just go out on our own and try to learn it. And so we need each other, and especially generationally. We need those that have gone before, and we need those that are coming behind. If you want to move forward in the most wise manner, learn to listen to other people's mistakes and learn from the things that they've experienced. No matter what our call is, we're going to be limited if we're not being connected to others, and having a mentor or a teacher is the best benefit. Anyway, so I appreciate all of you listening to my stories and my life. You know, everything I'm sharing in these podcasts are really things the Lord taught me. Well, some are things people taught me, but the Lord revealed to me even through others. And these are building blocks that I have built my life on. These are things that have changed me and taken me from where I was to where I am. So no matter what we're called to do, we need people who have gone before and those who are coming behind. And there's a process that God wants to work in our life, one of developing his character as we are being prepared in our gifts and our calling. God's going to put you in places to train you both in skills and inside in your character. And it usually involves relationships. So back to the story of the seed of the mission call that God dropped in my heart, it grew in me just as I did life. During that time in my life, after I lost my husband, I was working in a grocery store in a deli. And that job in itself did wonders to shape my character. First of all, I was working with 15 other women and you can imagine how that was. (laughs) But second of all, I was going through this process of grief and often in confusion, in pain or feeling sorry for myself. And I'll never forget how it felt when I was having a pity party or I was angry, having to walk up to the counter in the deli and put a smile on my face and say, hello, what kind of sandwich would you like today? Would you like tomatoes on your sandwich, mayonnaise, mustard? You know, inside, I just felt like growling or punching that person. But on the outside, I had to discipline myself to put a smile on my face. I'm sure you've been through things like that, too, in your job or in your life. And these kind of things might not be pleasant, but I'm telling you, God is working in us, and he's creating in us discipline and character. A sweet memory I have from that time was when one of my coworkers said to me one day, Tony, you're singing again. That really impacted me because, first of all, I didn't realize I had been singing before, and I did not realize that when I went through this tragedy that I had stopped singing. But, you know, God, as He's working in us, He's healing us. He's moving us forward, and God had brought a song back in my life. He's working in you, one, to bring you closer to Him— and two, to make you like him through all of these life experiences, the good, the bad, and even the ugly. So I want to share now about a marking place that took place in my healing and in my move forward. And I believe this was somewhere around a year and a half after I lost my husband. As I told you before, he was a rancher and we had a herd of cattle, registered cattle, and I was determined I was going to keep these cattle, I thought to myself, you know, just because Don died doesn't mean I can't go on with the vision that we had. And I know how to take care of these cows. I can find some land somewhere and cause these cattle to reproduce and go ahead with my dreams. But one day I was up in a beautiful meadow, high mountain meadow, and I was filling the cow's tank with water from a hose. And I had some time with the Lord. And it was a very bittersweet time. I felt like my heart was just broken into a million pieces. But at that day, I made a decision with the Lord to go forward. I gave him all my pain and my past, and I got the courage and the decision to move ahead. And with that decision, I was just filled and overflowed with thanksgiving to God for the time that I did have with my husband. For the life we had together, the memories were like silver and gold in my heart. So it was a sweet time. It was a painful time, but it was a marking place when I was ready to move forward. You know, grief has different time frames for different people. And that's something we really have to understand when we're dealing with a person who's had a loss. I used to think of it, or the Lord showed it to me, like doors that had to be passed through. And the doors hurt, but if you don't go through them, you won't get out. This is a scripture that God spoke to me at that time. It's 2 Corinthians 7, 10 in the Amplified. And it says, For godly grief and the pain that God is permitted to direct produce a repentance that leads and contributes to salvation and deliverance from evil, and it never brings regret. But worldly grief, the helpless sorrow that is characteristic of the pagan world, is deadly, breeding and ending in death. Now, I realize that what God showed me is not the original intent of what Paul wrote here, But it is an example of how the Holy Spirit will enlighten a word to give you strength or wisdom in a time of need. And so he said, the way I looked at it, godly grief, if I let God direct my pain, it will lead me up and out, deliver me from the pain and not bring regret. But there is a worldly grief, a hopeless sorrow that is deadly, and it will just keep you down. And honestly, I know people that have never really healed from a loss. I want to encourage you today, if you've experienced a loss, to be brave enough to go through those doors, those doors of pain, those stages of grief, and let God comfort you and walk with you because his plan is to lead you out. So around this time, I decided to sell the cows and we had worked hard together to build this herd, it represented to me my dream for the future. And so I thought to myself, maybe it's time that I turn over a new leaf. I can't remember if I shared this with you in another episode or if it was in one of my other classes I teach, but I was with my pastor, and I remember him saying to me, oh, I did share this with you before. He said, Tony, does it seem to you... Like taking your cows and getting some land in the country is going to get you to this destiny that you told me that you had the nations in your heart? And he drew a picture. Here's you. Here's the mark of the high calling. Does that seem like it's going to take you there? And I had to look at the diagram and say, "Uh, no, I don't think so. And at that point in time, I said, do you think then I should sell my cows and maybe I could take the money and go on this integrity worship cruise that's been advertised? And he said to me, I think that would be a great idea. And he even helped me to go on that cruise. And in that cruise, I just had a wonderful 10-day adventure with Jesus. And almost like a honeymoon, it was a time that we just spent together so much together that I felt like I was walking in his presence every minute of every day. And I remember when I got home and I sat down one night to watch a movie with my kids. And I thought afterwards, oh no, I forgot the Lord for a minute. Because for those 10 days, him and I were together. One experience, and this is another marking place. See, God is going to give you marking places in your life. And as you're listening to me, I want to encourage you to write down, get a notebook, your prayer notebook, write down different times in your life when the significant things happened. I'm sharing mine with you now. I was on this island in St. Thomas, and of course, I'm from the mountains, so it was my first adult experience with the ocean, and I was just like a little kid. I was having so much time fun time with the Lord. And so we were sitting, him and I, on this rocky beach. And as I was looking out toward the water, he spoke to my heart. And he said, just like this same water is touching the shores of other nations, I'm going to send you. And then he said something to me about SWAT teams. That time, I didn't even know what a SWAT team was. I looked it up, of course, after he spoke it to me. And I realized that it means special weapons assault team. So as I told you, I was a worship leader then, and in my mind at that time, I took it to mean I was going to take worship teams and go to other countries, and that did happen in my life. But I'll tell you, when I look back now, it turned out to be much, much bigger than what I thought at that time. And with the Lord, it usually is bigger than what you think. So as that mission seed grew, God gave me these marking places along the way, and there's more that I could tell you, but I don't want to make it too long of a time in this message today. But different things that God showed me in prayer helped me realize through messages other people spoke through his word. And so he was leading me forward. And as that seed grew, I began to speak about what I saw. And I began to visualize traveling with my kids, I bought some new checks and I put maps on my checks. And I began to talk to the ladies at the deli and say, someday I'm going to go all around the world and sing about Jesus. And most of them looked at me and just shook their head and said, right. Some of them now go to our church and, and they're amazed with me about what God has done. And so what do you know now about your calling and destiny? Write it down and God will keep developing it as you move forward. Some things that I learned during this preparation time, one, about leading a team. I remember my pastor saying to me, Tony, you're the leader. You need to get the plan from God. Because then I was working with my peers and there was a tendency to ask everybody else what they thought which again, team input is not wrong. I love team input, but as a leader of a ministry, you need to have the vision from God at what he wants you to do. So I learned about taking care of people on my team. I learned about inspiring my team. Number two, I learned that as Ecclesiastes 5.3 says in the Amplified, for a dream comes with much business and painful effort. And so I remember times, of course, I worked at the church at that time. First, it was part-time when I worked at the deli. And then later, I finally quit at the deli and went full-time at the church. But I was doing bookkeeping as my church job, and I was doing all this outreach music and worship and other things as a volunteer. And I can remember Fridays, so many Fridays after a hard work week, when everybody would be leaving the office, coming in and saying goodbye to me. And there I would sit for another two hours working on all this stuff that I needed to get done. And and it was stressful. <laughs> Number three, I worked on music productions. And that involved larger groups of people and casting vision and getting commitments from people. I love this. I would sit down for hours and make chord charts, just all the charts of what instruments should play what and create these productions. And it's interesting now when I look back that I went from charting these chords of songs to creating curriculum. It was the same skill, but God was preparing me for it earlier there's a saying, preparation time is never wasted time. But my pastor added, unless you waste your preparation time. And so I'm encouraging you, don't waste your preparation time. Think about it. What has God used to shape you in your life? Have you failed any of his tests? Listen, I know people all the time that they leave one church because they come up against a difficulty. They go to the next church. Wow, suddenly the same difficulty is there. I'm telling you, there are things God wants to teach you and you can't bypass it. And so you don't want to be like a great big 17-year-old kid sitting in a tiny second grade desk with the second graders because you didn't pass. Listen, God isn't judging you. God is trying to promote you. But be humble and learn from the lessons he's bringing. Enjoy your journey with the Lord, the word is like your anchor and the holy spirit your guide. And remember, God has good plans for you. Jesus said in John 10:10, 10, 10, "The thief comes to kill, steal and destroy, but I came that they might have life and have it more abundantly." And so, there're certain times in my life when it seemed like loss, it seemed like God was asking me to give something up. But whenever God asks you to give something up or give in to something, he usually is going to take your sacrifice and he's going to multiply his grace upon it and give it back to you in a more pure and powerful way. So some takeaways from this lesson today. The process of development in our life is so we can grow in our calling and become more like Jesus. Number one, there is a process of development. Number two, God has to work in you before he can work through you. Being always precedes doing in the kingdom. And listen to me here. So many people are trying to do right, trying to do right for Jesus, trying to keep the laws, trying not to fail. The thing is, is God's already put in you the power to do right. And once you start to realize who you are in Jesus, you won't have to work so hard at doing right because you are right. And when you know that you're right, you do right things, if that makes any sense. Number three, your character is far more important to God than your works. God appreciates the work that we do for him. And as we've talked, he actually works through his body, through our lives to do his will on earth but he's much more concerned about who you are than about what you do. Number four, out of a purified character will come powerful works. I'm sure all of you have experienced listening to a message or a speaker, and and it seems like they say one sentence, and that sentence is like a seed within it that contains so much more revelation. You know, that kind of anointing doesn't come... From so much study, although that helps, but it really comes from a life of obedience. You can teach what you know, but you will impart to people who you are. And so be encouraged as you're going through these trials in moving forward in your gifts and in your calling. Don't give up. Be strong and of good courage because Jesus is with you and he's working in you to will and to do his good pleasure. Let me pray for you. Father, I just thank you. I thank you and I praise you for all of the people that you've brought in my life, for all of the difficult times. Now, as I lift them up to you, they seem like just a fragrance. And I thank you, Lord, that you're working in my friends just the same way. Some of them are in difficult circumstances. I thank you, Jesus. You are the comforter. You said you would never, ever leave us or forsake us. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that they are your sheep and they hear your voice. And so I ask that as they spend time looking back and looking at the dreams they have ahead, Lord, Holy Spirit, that you'll reveal to them the steps, the things you've already done to prepare them. And I thank you, Lord, for giving them good strength and courage to move forward by the power of your Holy Spirit in them. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for listening today. Next week, I'm going to share about the supernatural side of preparation. So I'll see you then. Thanks for listening today. I pray you were blessed and encouraged. One of my life scriptures is Hebrews 11.1 in the Jordan translation. It says, Now faith is the turning of dreams into deeds. It is betting your life on unseen realities. In Jesus Christ, you have what it takes to step into all God has prepared for you. If this episode's blessed you, please share it with someone else. I look forward to meeting with you again next week.